So we're uh, in our fall study on determining what it means to follow Jesus. And last week, we looked at 2 Corinthians verses 8, 1 through 9 in an introductory uh, mini group within the larger fall teaching series. We're looking for three weeks on what it means to follow Jesus into generosity. Uh, and so uh, what I'd like for you to do, if you are uh, you, anybody, good visitors, we're going to talk family this morning. I should stop and say that. Uh, we're happy to have you here. But uh, what we're going to talk about this morning is our generosity to God's work through Green Tree Community Church. So as a visitor, we are not asking for or expecting you uh, to donate to the ministry that God's called us to. Uh, if you're visiting from another church, we hope you're supporting your home church. Uh, but this is really for the family this morning. So, so family, if you would grab this little card and pull it out of the bulletin, if you haven't already looked at it, uh, this is a, a, a quick stewardship understanding, a quick kind of vision understanding of the budget for the next year. And if you open it up, it says, how we invest your giving. And there's a really cool little pinwheel inside this card. And the pinwheel gives you the data. It gives you the breakdown of how our, if we reach that giving goal, how the monies will be dispersed. So for example, we spent 2% of our overall budget on church planting. Uh, if you want more detail than that, if you want to dive in a little deeper and say, I'd like to know exactly what that 5% in care, how do, how do we spend that money? Because I really am interested in care. You can touch base with our business office any day of the week. Taylor Kuyper is our business manager. She will be very happy to answer any questions you may have about that. We are an open book when it comes to our finances here at Green Tree. So that's the data. That's the information. And on the back of it, you'll see there's a place for you to put your name and indicate your financial commitment to Green Tree Community Church, and that's for next Sunday. So we're giving you these cards today because we want you to have the information, and we want you to bring them back next Sunday because we're going to partner together for another year of ministry in God's kingdom at Green Tree Community Church. So the cards with the information are important, and there are more details if you need them, you can find them. But more importantly, and for our teaching time this morning, what we really want to think about, what we really want to hear from God's Word and from our life experience with God's Word is, what's our giving doing? How is God using the dollars that we commit to Green Tree Community Church to impact lives? both internally within our fellowship, as well as externally within the community to which God has called us. So I want to take us back for a brief moment to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, uh, and point out a couple things that I think are important for us as we consider this question this morning. Hear the word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul's writing, and he says this, We want you to know, brothers about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own free will, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, 
in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. This is the reading of God's holy and perfect word. To him alone be glory. Let's pray together for a moment. Our Father and our God, we bow before you this morning as a thankful people. Lord, for those in this room who have been saved by your grace, we are astounded that you would love people like us. Lord, when we stop to think about what it meant for us to come into a right relationship with you, it meant the lifeblood of your Son poured out on the cross. It meant his soul in the torments of hell experiencing the wrath that we deserve, the punishment that we have earned. He took upon himself so that we could be a people set free. Not set free just for this life, but set free for all of eternity. And so, Father, as we think of, of, of being generous to that end, that others would hear the gospel, that we would grow in our faith and that it would be shared with others. Father, we pray that you would teach us this morning. Lord, as we, as we share some of our, our life stories here at Green Tree, I pray that what we hear would be a reflection of what you are doing and that we would give you glory and that our lives would continue to be transformed by your word and your spirit. In this case, Lord, we pray that you would transform us into even a greater, more Christ-centered, more gracious generosity. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our sermon, in a sentence this morning, is in the shape or the form of a question. How is God using the money we invest at Green Tree Community Church? Uh, Paul started out this part of his letter by saying, I want you to know some things. And the things that he wanted the folks in Corinth to know was how God was using the Macedonian Christians' giving to meet a particular need. So if you were here last Sunday, this will serve as a bit of a reminder. If you weren't, this will give you a very, very tiny brief introduction. But Paul says this, we want you to know about the grace of God, which was given among the churches of Macedonia, and it's overflowed into a wealth of generosity. What Paul wants the Corinthians to know is that God's spirit intentionally grows generosity. That wherever God's Holy Spirit, wherever his word are present, his intention is that generosity in the hearts of the disciples of Jesus would grow and grow and abound. And notice the language there, overflowed. Well, think about something overflowing. Think of an abundance that, that you know, you can't quite stop it. And that's the language that Paul used here. He says it's important that the Corinthians know that before they decide to give. The second thing he wants them to know is this. I want you to know about the grace of God that was given for the relief of the saints. So in this case, Paul's saying there's a very specific cause. And he speaks to the famine that's going on in and around Jerusalem. And there's a Christian community there that's in great need. They're in dire need. And so he says, I want you guys, as you think about your giving, I want you to know these things. So here's the question this morning. What do we need to know not about just the data, not about just the, 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 the breakdown of the dollars, but what do we need to know about what God is doing in and through Green Tree Community Church? We're going to spend the rest of our time together with me getting off of the, the podium and four people coming and sharing with you about different things that God 
is doing at Green Tree. We're going to scratch the surface. You're not going to hear, you're not going to hear, you know, uh, 20% of all that God is doing at Green Tree. But what you're going to hear is important. You're going to hear from our student ministries. You're going to hear from our women's ministry. You're going to hear from our men's ministry. And you're going to hear a little bit about church planting. And each one of these folks is going to take about five minutes or so, and they're going to talk about what God is doing, because I think it's important that we know. Otherwise, it's just dollars in a, in a ledger. And boy, isn't that inspirational. <laughs> I know there's some CPAs out there. They're like, yeah, it really is inspirational. I get that one guy after the service, he, he came up to me and he said, thank you for this. Thank because it really helps me understand. And I'm like, God bless you, brother. I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. But I, I know for some of us, that's really important. But I, but I think for most of us, it's the story. It, it's what is God doing? I want to invest in a way that expands the kingdom of God. And so we want to share some of those stories with you this morning. So we're going to start with Peggy Dimitri, who is going to speak on behalf of the women's ministry. So Peggy, welcome. Come on up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. So great to see you all. I am Peggy. I can hardly believe this, but I have been on staff at Green Tree for almost eight years now, which is incredible. But two years ago, my job changed just a little bit when I transitioned into the role of women's ministry director. I feel so grateful for the leadership of our church because they recognized our potential to reach more women and to go even deeper in discipleship here. Usually, when we talk about women's ministry at Green Tree, we are talking about women's teaching ministry, or WTM. And that makes sense because it is amazing. And the group of leaders for WTM have been pouring their hearts and their energy into that Bible study program for well over a decade now. It is my great privilege to support them in any way that I can. But the question we asked is, who are we not reaching? Because we know, of course, discipleship is not one size fits all. And not everyone can participate in a two-hour-long Bible study on Thursday mornings. So the first group of women we considered were women who work during the day. And we began to focus our prayers and intentionality toward the nighttime WTM group. I feel so happy to tell you that we now have 60 women who are participating in that nighttime Bible study. We have gone from one group to four. But... WTM is only a part of the bigger picture of women's ministry here at Green Tree because I want every woman here to experience deep and authentic connection and community and to be equipped and empowered to share the gospel of Jesus in your places. And so everything we do has the goal of growing disciples who will then help grow other disciples. That's why we do something, for example, like Moms and More. It's an opportunity for young moms to learn from moms who have been a little bit farther in that process, who have survived the stage of raising young children. Moms so often feel isolated and overwhelmed. It's a season that's marked by exhaustion, and so they need a little extra care and encouragement. It's also the perfect opportunity to share our faith with them because I feel like there's nothing that makes us aware of our need for God quite like parenting. 
We also, um, next March, are going to again host something called the If Gathering. Let me tell you, it is wonderful to be a part of 250 women coming here to learn, to worship, to celebrate Jesus together. But the greatest impact of that ministry is the opportunity for leadership development and also the next steps that are taken after the event, sometimes by women who are brand new to the faith and sometimes by women who have been in the church for years but are catching a new fire for discipleship. To host the IF gathering requires 30 small group leaders and dozens of women who have creative gifts in decor and hospitality, not to mention the planning and organization and communication. It is the body of Christ working together to serve and to lead. And then after the event, some women join a Bible study for the first time ever. Others start a group on their own. Some step into WTM leadership. And now we have more than 40 women who are involved in one-on-one mentoring relationships. It's amazing. Over the past few years, I've been able to bring 16 different women down to Dallas for leadership training, including the leader of Women's Ministry at Action Ministries, which is the church that meets downstairs in our building on Sunday afternoons. What a beautiful partnership. Last year, we started for the first time a gathering for high school girls, which opened up opportunities for our female college students to lead by sharing their testimonies, by facilitating discussions, leading worship, emceeing the event. One of those students so caught the vision for discipleship that she went back to her college, filled up her car with her friends, and came back to Green Tree for our next IF gathering. And now she leads a Bible study on her campus. Be encouraged. God is at work here. But there is still so much more to be done. So when I think about where God might be leading us next, I go back to that question. Who are we not reaching? I know we can do a better job of reaching women in our communities who are hurting or who feel marginalized. I believe God wants to increase our capacity to care for women who are struggling with the effects of trauma, abuse, depression or anxiety, or some other mental illness. God is calling us to strengthen marriages within our church and outside. We can do so much more for single moms. And I know that there are some women sitting here today who still haven't found your place here at Green Tree. So if you are struggling to connect, this is your invitation to come find me and talk to me. You could call me or email me too. But for the next three Sundays, I'll be at the table in the atrium for Prepare Your Heart, which is a great way to connect with other women. The thing is, is that I long for Green Tree Women's Ministry to be a place where every woman feels safe and seen no matter what is in her background or what struggle she's currently in. Would you join me in that vision? Because God is moving here. Women are seeking to know God together, to grow in discipleship so that we can help others grow more in their discipleship journey, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. Communities will be renewed as we offer the healing the comfort and the peace that comes with the love of Christ. So in this season of vision and provision, as we are seeking God's direction in our giving, as we're praying that he would make us more generous, I hope that you can see that God, through you, is making a difference and changing lives here in Kirkwood, 
St. Louis, and beyond. So thank you so much. For those of you who don't know, Peggy is my wife, and I couldn't be more proud of the work she's been doing in the women's ministry. I feel like I want to join myself. <laughs> so your acts of generosity provide a number of discipleship opportunities here at Green Tree, and one of those is Battle for the Heart. Through Battle for the Heart, men and women are connecting with God and connecting with each other, and they're learning how to live from a whole heart. And so this morning, I wanted you to hear a story about how God is moving in our midst through Battle for the Heart. And so I've asked Paul Mueller to come and share a little bit of his experience. He's currently in a group, uh, but to share a little bit of his experience with Battle for the Heart. Thank you. I'm in a group with Chip, so uh, I have a, an advantage, I guess. Um, my name is Paul. Yes. My name is uh, Paul Mueller, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, my wife's name is Lisa. I have uh, two daughters, Finley, who's seven, and Harper, who is five. I've been going to, or we've been going to Green Tree for about four or five years, uh, as far as I know, but you're really better af off asking my wife because she's the keeper of the facts. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm up here to talk about my experience with uh, Battle for the Heart. But to do that in a relevant way, I'm going to have to share some of uh, what I am and or who I am and what makes me tick. I probably won't have a chance to hear uh, four minutes of all your lives, but now hundreds of people will hear uh, four minutes of mine. So I was the youngest of six children. Uh, my next sibling's 10 years older than me. My oldest sibling's 20 years older than me. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic. Yay. Uh, in... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, could probably call a normal family, uh, but for whatever reason, I feel like my parents decided to hoard all the like emotional genetic material and pack it into me. Um, <laughs> my, my family wasn't uh, a family that showed emotion or uh, talked about anything bad. They still aren't. Um, so there I was, this skinny white kid, uh, very little interest in sports, a ton of emotions, and placed in a family where everything was perfect. Um, this melting pot of stuff created a bunch of like anxiety and depression in myself that I still deal with to this day. Um, I remember as a kid bartering with God, you know, I'll give up whatever you want. Um, or, you know, when I felt particularly bad, I will become a priest uh, if you want. Uh, just make me feel better. Um, in hindsight, I'm really happy he didn't take me up on any of those offers. Um, <laughs> but to press fast forward on this story a little bit, uh, I spent a lot of my life uh, thinking Christian Christianity was kind of dumb and kind of a waste of time. Um, then uh, post-college, uh, God finally broke through to me uh, in an Assemblies of God church at an altar call. Yay, Holy Spirit. Um, but then I, I decided... My Christianity was way too fun and exciting, and needed, I needed to be super serious about God, so I became Presbyterian. And that, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that brings us to right now. <laughs> Another aspect uh, of myself is that um, I'm not really good, and my wife would attest to this, I'm not really good at keeping up with male friendships. Um, I got a lot of people to talk about the weather, my job, bicycles, whatever, but how many people do I have uh, to talk about when I feel like a fraud in life or when I feel like I can't like 
keep it all together and keep everything perfect? Who do I turn to? Um, I think a lot of people uh, create our own little kingdoms of isolation where we just sit there and essentially sit by ourselves and try and maintain the order to the best of our ability. Uh, but God really wasn't content to leave me in my kingdom. Uh, God to con continued to pursue me uh, with outstretched arms, um, whispering to me time and time again, come, my beloved, enter battle for the heart. I'd been on a lot of previous retreats and had these mountaintop experiences where I was ready to reclaim the world in Jesus' name. But a couple hours back into uh, the real world, and all that was gone. All the responsibilities and, and all of life came flooding back in. Uh, but battle for the heart was not a mountain-type, mountaintop sort of experience. Uh, rather, it was a three-day experience in learning what God thinks about me. It taught me how I display a reflection of God that only I can display. If there were no me, there would be no uh, Paul Mueller uh, tinted reflection of God. And because of that, a key idea of the retreat is that evil hates that you were created by God, that you reflect God, and that God desires you more than anything. This creates a hunt, a hunt for you, a hunt to thwart you, to make you stumble, and to ultimately destroy God's good creation. So what the heck do you do with all that? Well, through this retreat, you craft a fellowship, a group of four to five people who will walk this journey with you. You develop a band of brothers that will be there for you and with you, a group where you will be known completely and accepted anyway. <laughs> this, uh, that was important for me. Um, this uh, fellowship continues to meet extensively after the retreat, as Lisa and the uh, weekly meetings will attest. Um, I think a real difference, that, that is the real difference uh, with this retreat experience and the way to foster real heart change. I didn't and don't really have the time to do this, but with the level of connection, the knowledge of God's real tangible love for me, and the strength that gives me to be a force for good in my family and in the world, I think it's 100% worth it. I'll close with the affirmation that God revealed to me as a message to you. God loves you for who you are right now. Not who you've been, not the version of you you hope to be someday, but who you are right now. It won't really mean anything to you until it does. But when you realize that you are the one of 99 that God would wage a war to save and was willing to sacrifice his son for, it hits you, and you can't come away unchanged. I pray through the Holy Spirit that this reality hits you deep within yourselves, each and every one of you, today. And I, if you feel that tug, that quiet whisper, I'd encourage you to check out Battle for the Heart. It can seem like a daunting step, but one I can attest that you will not regret making. Thank you. Good morning, Green Tree family. My name is Boone. I'm one of the church planters. I am first just wanting to let you know how excited and grateful I am to be here on this stage this morning. And I want to start by saying thank you. I want to start by saying thank you to the pastor, the staff, the leadership of this church. But more importantly, I want to say thank you to all of you who sit in in those seats. 
I want to thank you for all of the support that you've given to church planting for decades prior to me even coming here. This month marks, this month marks 20 years since that I've been in ministry, public ministry, 16 years of pastoral ministry. And because of acts of kindness and because of your generosity and because of your commitment to church planting for the first time in my 16 years of pastoral ministry, I will be able to serve the people in my community from a full time capacity. I want to thank you because also for the first time in my 16 years of pastoral ministry, and I'm not proud to say this, I will be able to serve my family well and be able to offer them something that many, many people take for granted, which is health coverage. And I think that's important. That's worth celebrating. So I want to thank you for all that you've done and all that you continue to do. But I also want to thank you for your partnership in our vision, because Oftentimes we give, we give out of needs, and you guys have met specific, tangible needs in my life and the life of so many other church planters. But also you're given to a vision. You're given to a vision that we're going together as a community of believers into Ferguson to plant a multi-ethnic church where black people and white people and people that are rich and people that are poor are going to come together to prove the prophecies of our culture wrong and show them that through the love of Christ, we are connected, we are one body, and the blood of Jesus is that thing that bonds us together and is not a thing that divides us. Amen. And finally, I want to say to you that we're given to, to needs, tangible needs. We're given to visions. But primarily, ultimately, fundamentally, what we're doing is we're given to the gospel. We're coming together corporately. Your, your gifts will help us go into Ferguson and take the light of the gospel into one of the darkest places in our region. And we just want to thank you all for that support. I have a table out in the back, and I would love for you guys to come out and hang out and talk to me a little bit. I want to share with you about our upcoming fundraiser on November 23rd at Ferguson Brewery. You guys can get a ticket. Please come by our table. We're going to have a party, and this is going to be kind of like the party, the rallying call before we go to war in Ferguson. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hello. My name is Stephen Copeland, and I'm one of the associate directors of student ministry here at Green Tree Community Church. Uh, my wife, Grace, and I have been here for nearly three years. And before I start, I just want to tell you a little bit about my family. My wife, Grace, is a counseling student. There's a picture of her up on the screen. Uh, at Covenant Seminary, she's about to finish her master's of counseling. Um, and I would get in huge trouble if I didn't also tell you that we are expecting our first child in March of 2020. So, clearly in the Copeland household, I am doing all of the work. Um, that'll go really well in the 11 o'clock service when Grace is here. Um, student ministry is a job unlike any other. For example, in the last six months... I have willingly locked myself in a trampoline park for an entire night with 60-plus junior high students, which looks something like an entire season of Survivor in about nine hours. <laughs> I've also been trapped on a Greyhound bus with 16-year-olds as they're going through cell phone withdrawals, which, to be honest with you, the five stages of grief doesn't even begin to explain what that looks like. <laughs> and my boss is very keen to remind them that Steven is the one who took your cell phones away. Also, throughout the summer, I fought weekly for my own survival in a game of pool basketball versus these massive human beings. Those are the Kelling boys 
who are well over six foot tall. That's like being dunked on by LeBron James and drowned by Michael Phelps at the exact same time. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. I love student ministry. Teenagers are incredible human beings, and Green Tree is a church that seeks to love them well. When I first arrived at Green Tree, this church had just moved into this building, and I was hired to help with our growing student ministry. Since then, our student ministry has flourished as you all have continued to support our growth through volunteering, through serving, and through giving financially. On Sunday mornings, right now below your feet, there are over 100 tweens and teens gathered for Sunday school. We laugh and we play and we fellowship and we play our music way too loud. Usually Javi has to run down and tell me to turn it down because we're all teenagers, including myself, and we learn about Jesus. It's an absolute blast. Every week our junior high and our senior high students gather on Sunday and Wednesday nights and we meet in small groups. We share our life together. We study God's word. Just a few weeks ago, our group took nearly 50 junior high students to camp for the weekend. And while we were gone, almost 30 junior high students showed up right here on Sunday morning for Sunday school. As we faithfully preach the gospel, the Lord continues to work through our ministry. Students in Kirkwood and the surrounding communities are discovering that Green Tree is a place they are loved and they are known. So what's next? One of my favorite traditions at Green Tree Community Church is our baptisms. If you've never experienced a baptism at Green Tree, just after a child is baptism, baptized into our covenant family, they are walked down the aisle, and our congregation has the chance to lay hands on that tiny human being if the family so desires. I'm filled with a sense in that, in that moment of awe at the work God is doing among his people. By this time next year, my own daughter will walk down this aisle, and you all will lay hands on her. And at that thought, I think, wow, our future is full of potential. The theme per verse for our student ministry is 1 Thessalonians 2.8, which says, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. The Lord calls us to share the gospel as we share our lives with the students of Green Tree, of Kirkwood, and of the surrounding communities. We are active agents of God's work of redemption right here, right now. We believe that it is not only our responsibility, but ultimately our calling and our joy for students to be seen and welcomed, to be valued in community, to be engaged in relationship, to be prayed for consistently, and to be discipled spiritually. I firmly believe that as a church community, investing in our children, investing in our tweens and our teenagers is one of the greatest commitments to the gospel that we can make. As we continue to invest, Green Tree will only grow as a place that students flourish. We will see and we will know students as human beings who are longing for connection and longing for relationship. We will value our students for the unique gifts that they bring to the body of Christ. We will continue to have the resources to engage them in relationships both here and in the spaces that they inhabit every single day. We will overwhelm our students with prayer as they face a world and a culture that is so much different than any before. And as they grow, we will teach them and we will lead them. We will listen to them and we will learn from them and we will give them a hope that does not fade and does not perish. We will share the gospel with them as we also share our lives. So as a servant of this church, and of this community, I want to say thank you to you all for the last three years and the opportunity that you have given me to love and to disciple teenagers because I have loved every minute of it. 
there really is no greater privilege. Thank you all so much. It's one of the best sermons we've had around Green Tree in a long time. <laughs> Amen? Amen. I don't, I'm not offended by that. Paul says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God. That's what we've been hearing about this morning. We've been hearing about the grace of God. Paul says it's important that we give in that context. Because Paul, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit and, and under the direction of the Lord Jesus, calls us to be generous, calls us to be Christ-centered, godly, cheerful givers. So it's important that we not just see a dollar on a a page, but that we understand, uh, hopefully, what God is doing. Uh, What you've heard this morning, as I said, is maybe a little bit more than the tip of the iceberg, but it it doesn't go too far below the surface uh, of everything that could have been shared. If we went around this room, there are probably, you know, at least a hundred of the people sitting in this room that could stand up and talk about how God is working in their ministry at Green Tree Community Church, most of which is volunteer. 90% of the work that's done at Green Tree is is not done by the staff. It's actually done by the, the folks that are sitting in this room this morning. It's done by the folks that are downstairs with our children right now. It's done by the men and women of this community. And our, and our giving, uh, I hope and I pray, reflects that generous spirit. Green Tree's legacy of the past 21 years is known by many of us, is, uh, is well-respected in our community, uh, and, and I think for good reason, because I do believe that God, over the past two decades, has created uh, a, a generous spirit at Green Tree Community Church. But the question isn't what's happened in the past. The question is what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen uh, at this moment, at this time? I have a unique uh, experience, I guess, or way of looking at this because uh, it was literally 21 years ago today, uh, I was thinking about this this morning, literally today, 21 years ago, that that a younger 38-year-old Presbyterian, I guess I'm boring, uh, pastor... Uh, preached a candidating sermon at the Bulldog Cafeteria at North Middle School to a group of about 50 folks who wanted to plant a church in Kirkwood. Uh, and after the sermon's over, and that, after I preached that sermon, I left and they had a vote. They had a congregational vote on whether they wanted to call me to be the planting pastor of Green Tree. And I won that vote 49 to 1. And the person who voted against me told me he voted against me out of love because he didn't want me to have a big head and nobody should get a unanimous vote. <laughs> I'm okay with that. It's, it's ironic to me, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me how God works. I didn't share this in the first service, but uh, there's a new church plant that's actually starting up and meeting in the Bulldog Cafeteria at North Middle School. Here I am 21 years ago talking about that, and their core group's worshiping with us this morning. Their pastor's right over there. Corey, I want you to stand up so everybody can see you. That's Corey Ball. He didn't know I was going to do that to him. <laughs> uh, but we, we welcome and celebrate what God's going to do through you, because last time I looked, all 28,000 people in Kirkwood, Missouri didn't know Jesus. We're glad to, glad to have you. Uh, But as we, Green Tree, think about where God's taking us into the future, as we think about and pray about, hopefully, the next week, the most important part of this card, which is what's on the back, which is where I write in my name. 
and where the rubber meets the road. And I say, okay, Lord, what am I going to do to continue to grow generosity at Green Tree Community Church? How, how will you teach me to be more generous? So I want to give us three thoughts as we close this morning about how to spend the next uh, six days before we gather back together next Sunday. And we want to ask you to bring your cards back and we're going to have little baskets up front. We're going to bring them forward and we're going to, we're going to give our offering uh, to the Lord uh, is our commitment for the next year. So uh, three things for this week. First of all, let's just be thankful for what God's done. Let's just enjoy the moment uh, and think about the stories we've heard this morning. Uh, we're not a perfect church. We're never going to be a perfect church. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to get it wrong. But God is at work. And, and, you, and as I said, we just heard, you know, just a, a slight quick brush of all that God's doing at Green Street. I think we should be thankful uh, for past and present ministries. And I think that thankfulness ought to begin to inform our decision about future opportunities that the Lord will present for. Secondly, above probably everything else, pray. Pray. Because in the moment of prayer is where you get to say, Lord, I'm listening. You, you do the talking. You move in my heart. You move in my mind. Help me understand what you want me to do as far as generous giving. And then I would encourage you, thirdly, I would encourage all of us, let's pray for each other. Let's not just pray for ourselves, but let's pray that God's Spirit would work among us. God calls us through the Gospels to, to follow Jesus. We've been talking about that all fall, and we'll continue one more week before we, uh, before we wrap up. Next week, we'll be back in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll look at what it means to follow Jesus and generosity one more time. But this morning, let's give thanks to God for what He has done, and let's commit ourselves again to what God will do in the future at Green Tree Community Church as we follow Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that was shared to us this morning, not just in scripture, but the stories. Father, we thank you for uh, the four ministries from which we heard. Lord, there are so many more we didn't get a chance to, to talk about. Uh, the care ministries, our missions, what, what uh, you're doing with our, with our dollars overseas and, and around the world. Father, there are so many things happening in our in our children's ministry, Stephen mentioned the 100 or so middle school and high school kids, but the other 250 grade school and preschool kids that are downstairs right now hearing the gospel of Jesus. Lord, and on and on it goes. Father, we thank you for your faithful to us. We thank you that you have redeemed us and that not only have you redeemed us and set our feet upon the rock, but you have called us to partner with you in building your kingdom. So Father, we pray for your faithful spirit, for your generous spirit, to flood our hearts and minds. So we'd be thankful for what you have done, but we would long for even more. We would long to grow in our, in our gracious generosity that you would use us in this little small corner of this world in your kingdom to grow the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.